0: All right, so I'm going to pare this down. I'm going to call it today a pollen side chat instead of a fireside chat, um, because it's getting a little bit warmer out. Um, although this weekend, it's going to get a little bit cooler here in the metro area. But uh, the pollen is already out. The uh, the bee collector out back has already collected a couple of bees. Um, Although I'm going to try to be a good steward and get a bee house and put that a little bit further from the house, but, but today it's uh, pouring down rain and washing all the pollen away. So I'm going to call it a wet pollen side chat with Bo Cannon. And uh, Will is joining us. How's the weather out there in uh, Texas, Will?
1: Um, it's, uh, it was windy earlier today and cloudy, but now it's it's just become very sunny and pretty outside.
0: Lucky you. But it, uh, it, did it cool off any?
1: Um, it's in the mid-60s right now. Oh,
0: that's probably good enough for Texas. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Bo, um, as we talked about, um, you know, we did the uh, town hall that um, your uh, the guy you're running against um, did not even acknowledge. I still, to this day, did not get any sort of response. However, he is uh, fundraising um, got several emails from him this week, um, and even counting down the days, it's over 400 days away from the next election, but yet he is desperately looking for money for his campaign to stay in office, but yet ignoring his constituents.
1: Uh, it's, so.
2: it's becoming clear that he is getting more and more scared the more that uh, Heather and I call him out on Twitter.
0: Um, and we did the numbers. I went to double, um, double check because we've, we've run a couple of uh, news stories here and there. Um, he only got 60% of the vote last time.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and if you look next door to District 14, where Marjorie Taylor Greene, Marjorie Taylor Greene got 75% of the vote. So statistically, in the direction everything is going, um, we even have gotten some chime ins from another pack that um, has uh, had some interest in the area. Um, you know, th- this district, even though it's highly gerrymandered, um, is trending in the right direction. And with only 60% of the vote, I think it's very clear that he's already looking for small-dollar donations this far out. Yeah. I
2: mean, Ms. Taylor ran unopposed, essentially, and got 75% of the vote. Uh I'm actually really excited to see how well Sergeant Flowers does against her. I'm, I'm very much rooting for uh, my fellow veteran to unseat her.
0: Yeah. And so we had chatted about you know this, uh, again, the, the pollen side chat today. But uh, you had sent over a couple of topics about um, your military service, uh, veteran mental health, uh, police reform, et cetera. So I'll kind of let you do an open forum here about any of the above that you want to start talking about today.
2: Okay. Um, well, as we've mentioned, I am a veteran. I served eight years in the air force. The first half of it, I was doing military funerals in Arlington national cemetery. I was doing arrival and departure ceremonies, I worked throughout the entirety of D.C. I even marched in President Obama's 2008 inauguration parade. Um, After that, I worked on HH-60s down in Valdosta, Georgia, doing combat search and rescue missions, doing civilian search and rescue missions, Uh, I personally have struggled with depression, uh, issues from being in the military, uh, have PTSD from a car wreck that I nearly died in back from 2014, so PTSD, mental health, and better support systems for our veterans are a massive issue close to my heart. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start with the the VA. Uh, the VA is absolutely lacking in funding and execution. We've had three different directors step down because of mismanagement, misappropriation of funds, using personal, using funds for personal travel not related to veteran affairs businesses. It's, it's unacceptable. Um, our military members deserve a right to have adequate and accessible health care and mental health while they're in and for the entirety of their life after they serve. Um it's sad but the VA only considers PTSD a diagnosis for 6 months for most people and I know personally from 2014 I still have PTSD attacks from my wreck to this day and PTSD is different for everyone. And it's not something that we can blanket treat like it feels the VA does for myself and a lot of other people who have much worse PTSD from being in combat. Um, It took six months of mental health evaluations and appointments to get them to say that, yes, you have PTSD from a car wreck. I can't imagine how many sessions someone who was in combat and in horrible situations their country have to go through before the VA will consider them having PTSD and get them the proper help that they need. Um, So, I'm a big proponent for correcting funds and funding for the VA. Um, I think we need a committee that will sit down and focus on how long it takes on average to get someone in to see their primary care physician. Uh, We need to focus more on mental health help for active duty getting ready to separate so that they don't have to struggle with the transition into civilian life and corporate America by themselves. Um I feel like I'm rambling here and I apologize.
1: Oh well you're making like really good points, because uh, this is this is a lot of stuff that I've uh read about and then I have uh like I've got friends who uh like were in the mil- like were in the military and they've uh like they've had lots of like very similar experiences to yours with dealing with uh PTSD, getting it diagnosed, uh because it's it's not just that the VA fights you but um uh, if you're actively serving um uh, like it's it's very easy for it to get out and there's this stigma from of like like just your fellow service members like trying to get help
2: oh yeah there's there's absolutely a stigma and a unspoken rule of if you're having troubles don't go get help because your unit or your command will hold it against you, and they'll take you off of duty and put you in a corner and essentially shame you without actually shaming you mm-hmm. i can't I can't tell you how many times while I was in the military where they would the leadership made it feel like you couldn't even go to the doctor. Mm-hmm to get a knee checked out if you twisted your knee during a run or if you missed a day because you're having a legitimate chemical imbalance in your brain and going, I'm, I'm struggling not to commit self-harm. There, there's no middle ground. It's either you don't go or you go and you get a 72-hour stay and a psych ward, and then they start to process you towards being unfit for service. And that's a complete and utter disservice to our service members. Um, We, as you said, we have to kill this stigma of mental health and increase the number of mental health professionals we have and bolster the mental health capabilities of our military. While, yes, every base has mental health, there's just not enough mental health professionals to handle the amount of military that need mental health, either just because they've come from families where they've never really had authoritative parents and they're dealing with issues transitioning into the military mindset, people going and being in firefights and coming back from deployments where they have mortar rounds when 50 yards away from them. There's just not enough emphasis across the board in the United States for mental health, and that is something that we need to bolster and that actually feeds into my police reform, my military and veteran uh empowerment, it filters into healthcare as as a whole.
0: Yeah, and, and this is a bipartisan issue. Um I uh sat down or, or had a session with uh, Matt Hasty in Louisiana. Um, he his district was back in the news recently. Um, he It's a rural district out in Louisiana. I'm not sure if you caught the episode, but uh, he ran in kind of a jungle um, primary out there. And uh, Luke Letlow was uh, the gentleman I think that was running, or I can't remember if he won the district or what have you, but he died of COVID and mm. was uh, not able to take office. His uh, wife ended up running in his place and won the district, but they're both, um, they were all Republicans, but he, we didn't scream at each other. (laughs) We survived an episode together, but a lot of the episode, um, if you get a chance to go back, it centers around these same issues. He was a, a veteran. Um, one of the quotes that i put out on uh, Twitter is that you know, there was a time that he was looking down at his hand and he was taking handfuls of pills at
2: times. Mm-hmm.
0: And I've, I've talked to, to veterans in the past as well that they were coming back or they were on duty and they were doling out um, OxyContin like, the, like it was candy to veterans. And mm-hmm. fast forward later, you know, then you've got these huge settlements because that stuff was crazy addictive. Yeah. And just the huge disconnect of what we're hearing of what these service members, uh, and like yourself, were having to go through in the military for just medical services.
2: Yeah, there's the I, I hate using this term, but the military suffers from a massive amount of toxic masculinity and it's that that whole thought process of oh just tough it through oh push through you don't need her help unless you're you're bleeding out and about to die and that doesn't do anything but hurt people and especially with a military that is volunteer only it these stories get out and get into communities and make it to where people don't want to go into the military anymore because they don't want to deal with the health issues or the mental issues that come with active duty service a lot of the times.
1: Yeah, because uh, if you know that, like, I mean, uh, I think a recent study has, like, PTSD rates could be around 20 or 30% among uh like active service members and if you know that like it's there's a very real possibility that you could end up with just this debilitating mental illness that carries on for years or the rest of your life if you're not going to get support for it then like like does your country really care that you're like doing this service for it yeah and it's
2: it's honestly ridiculous I personally, after serving, think that the United States needs to move away from a volunteer service and actually make it a legitimate career and a legitimate fighting force. Um, And this is from me talking to coworkers, uh, fellow veterans who are Republican, Libertarian, fellow Democrats, there's a growing consensus that if we took the time to make the military no longer a volunteer service and made it an actual career path like much of the other countries in the world, we wouldn't have 18 to 24-year-olds being the biggest bulk of the military members we would actually have long-term career military members. We wouldn't have to deal with as many DUIs because it's not a bunch of kids from lower-income families going into the military to spend four years so they can get college for free. And I think that's why a lot of people are anti-free colleges because a lot of times people go into the military to pay for their college. And I've, I've heard politicians and even coworkers go, well, if we make college free for everyone, then what's to encourage people to still go into the military? And it just, I'm like, you shouldn't have to require military service to pay for four years of education. We already do 12 years of state-funded education, but four more years is now socialism and a horrible thing? because
1: yeah, that's just, uh, they're just making it harder to get out of the poverty trap that the United States has. Uh-huh. sort of like, oh, you were unlucky enough to be born into a, a poor family in an area where it's just hard to get, like, a good school, so, oh, then I guess you're going into the military and that's your only way out. Like, that's really unfair to, compared to, like, people that are like, a lot more fortunate in who their parents ended up being.
0: Uh, Mm -hmm. This sounds familiar, your your competition there back in September 2019, brags that his kids had zero debt and no scholarships. Um, (laughs) Must be nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, I come from a family that my father worked two jobs. My mother worked two jobs. Um, I worked and played three sports throughout high school and paid for my car insurance and all of my gas. And
1: it was either
2: I go to college and struggle and have to work two full-time jobs while going to college to pay for it because my parents wouldn't allow me to use them for my college because they didn't want to be tied to any more debt or I go into the military and hopefully get my degree while I'm in the military or get schooling when I get out of the military. And we, we shouldn't have a system that is designed to just make poor people poor. It, it's unethical and unsustainable. Yeah,
0: and it's probably, I I, I don't want to speak for what exactly happened, but there's a little bit of what happened to my former stepbrother. Um, You know, he uh, tried college, he was a football player, Um, he ended up uh, enlisting in the Marines, Uh, was in Afghanistan, unfortunately he did not come home from Afghanistan. And I wonder if all these different, you know, situations and scenarios we're talking about, if he would have come home. Or... Excuse me. If or if the story had been different, um, you know, with that, and uh, it's, it's something that you, you, you would never know, right?
2: No, the, there really is no telling how his story would have gone, and I feel horrible for your your loss. It it pains me, especially as someone who did military funerals for four years, that we have. These never-ending wars going on, that we're just sending poor kids to go get shot and blown up for. I mean, it, it's been 20 years. Why are we still over there in the size force that we are? Why why are we still trying to be America the world police and not going? Hey, United Nations step up and, and police the world, we, we can't do it alone. It's just, it's a real bad dichotomy and mental disconnect for someone who is a veteran and loves his country and wants his country to legitimately be the best country to sit here and go... Why are we just sending our poor families to go die so the rich can get richer and politicians can mine their pockets more? It, and that circles back to why I'm running against Barry is because no veteran should feel that way. Um, I got off on a tangent and I apologize, but it, it It makes me feel a lot of emotions when I sit here and go, we could avoid so many lives being lost if we just as a country step back and go, hey, the way our military is set up isn't beneficial anymore. Let's make it an actual career path. Let's actually make it to where people want to stay for 20 years and then they're they're treated like an actual professional, not just someone who's gone off and put their life on pause for four, six, eight, twelve years,
0: for sure. Um, The other thing that we had talked about as well, and and it's timely, um, it came up at work today, and um, might as well bring it out here too, uh, today is um, Transgender Awareness Day. And I remember under Trump's administration, um, and even, if I'm not mistaken, James Mattis, who was um, the, uh, I forget his exact role, but I think um, James Mattis told Trump not to do it, but he did it anyway. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Am I I quoting that right?
2: Um, I am – Will, if you know better than I do, please uh, weigh in, but I am not entirely sure about that. Uh, I know that there was a lot of disconnect, and there was a vast majority of generals going, don't do it, it's stupid, and then there were a couple generals who were in line with Trump, and was all like, "Oh yeah, do it, do it." Yeah, it,
1: uh, it looks like uh, ah, yeah, at the the news the news articles from 2018 are a little confused. Yeah, so it looks like uh, Mattis recommended keeping uh like allowing trans uh troops to stay in the military then Trump's order came down and then uh uh the i think yeah so then uh, after after Trump's order came through Mattis sort of uh stepped in line with Trump and said and defended the uh, anti-trans policy and then Mattis left
0: later yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it's it's just like the same thing that Coke and Delta are doing with the Georgia voting law. They're all dancing on the whatever. But it, it just goes back to, and and I remember this was back in 2018, just several years ago when all this was going down. I was hearing the the bullshit ex- excuses. Well, that they don't need another bathroom. Why do we got to pay the extra money for an extra bathroom? And Really? That, that's the low that we're going to get to here? That these folks were out there doing their job. Nobody cared until the Republicans and Trump made it a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was the same thing with the bathroom bill in North Carolina. Nobody gave a shit yeah.
2: until the no, Republicans
0: because... made it a big deal.
2: And, and no one's going to care as long as Decent people are continuing to be decent, but it doesn't get Republicans elected to have people be decent. You, you have to find an enemy for the co- the quote-unquote common, as Republican politicians like to call the people who aren't politicians. It It's about control. Let me find people to hate. I mean, I... I know people who served the entirety of the time I was in who were transgender. I have multiple friends who are currently serving and are transgender. And I think it's stupid for anyone willing to serve and put their line, their life on the line to be barred from being able to serve. And it's it's honestly just a slap in the face to people who want nothing but the best for the country to be like, no, we can't let you serve because you're weak or you have a mental issue. No, we have enough scientists and empirical data that proves that transgender people are valid, that there are case studies that show trans girls' brains work exactly like biological girls' brains work, and I, that's a horrible sentence, and my brain tried to process it better than that, but there's data showing that those individuals are valid in feeling that they are in the wrong body due to chemical processes and their own biological mechanisms and I don't I don't get how attacking members of the trans community do anything other than so hatred yeah and, and I,
0: I struggle sometimes when I, I read this rhetoric, especially the bullshit coming out of Marjorie Taylor Greene's mouth. Um, but um, this um, sometimes, just to over the past couple of years, when you know the Republicans have tried to make this an issue, um, Johnny Isaacson, when he was in office, um, you know Georgia's longtime politician and, and uh, congressman, he held a town hall up at Kennesaw State. And I forget the exact question, but I remember the exact response. Old white man Johnny Isaacson, he said, "Well, I support folks that choose to be queer and in the military. I support them. And of all the, I mean, it it was a, it was not rehearsed. He was in a town hall situation, being put on the spot. But this is that, you know, toe the line." old white man christian response that someone is choosing to be queer mm-hmm. and i took that emailed him his staffer and the office i said when did you wake up and choose to be straight <laughs> and exactly it was crickets no response
2: yeah that, that's one of my my favorite um arguments against people who say that being gay or lesbian is a choice. No. A, a, a choice would be being pansexual or bisexual and preferring to date women because you've had one too many bad incidences with dudes at bars. That, that's a choice being oh sorry i my my brain trailed off for a second
0: well, i mean the, the prime example this week is Matt Gates in Florida mm-hmm. um, he adopted a Cuban boy, and now he's got this seventeen year old girl somewhere, so what in the world is up with him?
2: And apparently he's the only person that voted against the trafficking bill. Imagine that. Yeah.
1: He voted against the what bill?
2: Um, there was a human trafficking bill or sex trafficking bill.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, and he was the only one to vote against it. So it makes you start questioning uh, exactly where his mind is and why he voted no when now there's a report of he took a 17-year-old girl on a road trip or out of the state and there was possibly a encounter between the two. I used possibly – simply because I am not fully versed on the situation, and I stick with the mindset of get as much information before you make any statement or decision one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So we'll see what happens there. The, the other thing I was going to say about uh, military service, there was a um, couple of friends here locally that um, we um, – went to the uh, same school that was uh, Southern Polytechnic, but now is part of uh, Kennesaw State because Republicans decided to merge all these schools here in Georgia together. But um, when he graduated from um, Southern Poly at the time, he decided to go to Officer Candidate School with the Army. And I thought it was very interesting that he said his uh, graduating class from Officer Candidate School was about half-queer. So. The, the train has left the station. I don't see yeah. this, this train going back into the station anytime soon.
2: No, and uh, I actually just saw an article today that uh, two captains, or two ROTC captains, get married in the Army ROTC chapel, and they're the first gay couple... To be married in the history of the chapel. So the fact that people are still trying to ban people or limit people in the military is just is completely not worth it. Um, even in 2005, uh, when I was in the honor guard, while uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still a thing. We had a lieutenant, and he was gay. We all knew he was gay. We all supported him. And he was the smoothest person you would ever watch march, do movements. He was in the drill team, and he never missed a beat. So we all lovingly started to refer to him as Sugarfoot. And someone in the Marines was sitting there, and we called him that, and they're all like, wait, what? And we're all like, oh, we call him that because he walks with the sweetness. Watch him. And he was marching with the other officers in practice, and the dude's all like, oh, wow, he really is smooth. And that's where we drew the line. We never brought up his sexuality with any of the other branches. We protected that man like he was our own blood. So this whole mindset of gays and lesbians being in the military just recently... No, there was an entire unit of lesbians during World War II. So...
0: Another thing that I had some notes on and um, uh, was a Reality Winner. So I wanted to get your opinion on her. She, as I understand, was a veteran, and then she was working as a military contractor over in Augusta when all of that came out that she leaked the um, documents around the uh, Russian interference in the elections. Um, she is still in federal prison, um as i'm reading the notes of what is going on um i think she got let me go back over here to the notes but she um actually petitioned the court because of covid for an early release but was denied and then back in um july of last year she actually tested positive for covid while um in prison um she recovered back in september but still experiencing you know some uh, everlasting um, effects from that um I'm curious your um opinion of how that all went down if you followed that story at all you know being a military veteran um and then you know from how that went down
2: uh I actually did not know about that um, so I will have to look into that so that i uh can answer and speak upon that issue better, but if it turns out that she was jailed simply because she spoke out on the involvement of Russia, then that's utterly unacceptable and she should be released because she's doing her patriotic duty and trying to protect the election from outside interference. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and, uh, Barry likes to, um, he may have stopped tweeting it, but he had a couple of tweets that were coming out and hashtagging the DC double standard. So, um, Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit of a DC double standard there. Um, And then while all that went down, there was a gentleman that I worked for in the mortgage business for about a decade that all of that led to one of the um, largest uh, mortgage fraud schemes, about almost $3 billion that he was a ringleader in. Um, He... um, did not plead guilty. All the co-conspirators uh, behind him did, but the judge gave him 30 years in federal prison, but he actually petitioned for COVID reasons to get out of prison and was awarded. Um, uh, he, he was allowed to get out of prison early, but yet Reality Winner um, is still in prison over all this. The um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, She is a, a young woman versus an old white man um, and the differences in, in how uh, folks see each other, you know, with these judges in the law.
2: Sadly, this country has a horrible problem with expecting the default of goodness and law-abiding to be white male... Above the age of 18, and it's it's completely ridiculous. Um, as we all know, you're you're more likely to be killed by a extremist white male Christian between the ages of 18 and 65 in America than you are from any member of ISIS. But yet. We constantly see all of these gunmen during mass shootings be brought in with minimalistic or minimal minimal issues and minimal injuries while we have black men killed in their own driveway because they're having a mental breakdown because they're autistic or the lovely woman in jail still because the judge didn't want to grant her COVID release, even though a vast majority of people in jail were given time to get out. Um, it, it goes back to, to weed. How many people specifically of brown or black skin do we have in jail for having an ounce of weed on them, but yet now we have legalized weed in Colorado and other states, and they're all owned by white businessmen. And they're making millions, if not billions of dollars off of the, black, off of the backs of black and brown people. It's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yep,
0: and um, within the, the past week, I forget the exact day, but a prime example of this was when uh, Park Cannon, um, mm-hmm. when, the, uh, when she decided to go knock on the, the locked door, I assume that door was locked, uh, when Kemp and his old white men were uh, signing the, uh, the Georgia voting law into effect, and uh, the state trooper, two white men, decided to arrest her. Mm-hmm. And apparently those are felony charges. So, Will, you heard about this, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, apparently you can be an elected uh, uh, official here in Georgia, but you are somehow interfering in the legislative process and still be charged with a felony.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Just because she knocked on the door. Yeah. And... The other, So the, uh, the trooper that arrested Park Cannon, um, yep. who, by the way, is a uh, black lesbian, so she actually is a couple of minorities in, in the, the list there, um, uh, he said that he was wary of a January 6th type of attack. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, they are putting up fences around the Georgia Capitol now. <laughs>
2: Yes, because how dare black men and women want want to continue to have their voices heard in the state of Georgia?
1: Yes, how, how dare people that are legally protesting at the Capitol, like, and being loud, like, like it's just, oh, like, yeah, it was, uh like, I felt if I did not take action that other protesters would have been emboldened to commit similar acts, where it's just, like, yes, they were being loud, like, protesters are, and then she knocks on the door and gets arrested. Like, it's just the, like, the, the, the difference in how, we're tr- how we treat, like, black protesters and white protesters which is incredibly obvious with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, all the folks in D.C. that were allowed to do what they did
1: back in January.
2: Yeah, and, and most of them aren't even going to get any jail time for insurrection,
0: I guess we just we shrug and, I guess we just shrug and stick our heads in the sand. Yeah. Oh and yeah. then
1: uh did you, did you read the did you read about the report that Langford uh wrote about the incident? Or uh Langford is the uh the the trooper that arrested
0: her. Oh, Barney Fife. No, I didn't read the whole thing, oh, I just read okay. the top.
1: Yeah, so apparently he uh he he wrote that she repeatedly resisted arrest, but since a lot of people took video of the incidents, uh Uh, 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 Cannon's attorney said that that was obviously inconsistent with the allegations made in the police report.
2: Uh, Didn't they also try to claim that she kicked one of them?
1: Oh, I didn't see that.
0: I don't know that I saw that. However, I did appreciate that they tried to close the elevator door and she did kick the uh, button to reopen the door. I did appreciate that.
2: Okay, that that may have been what I read.
0: Um, so um, technicalities in Georgia campaign finance law. Which, by the way, I know that this doesn't directly affect your campaign, Bo, because it's a federal law um, uh, campaign. But um, while the Georgia Assembly is in session, apparently they cannot fundraise. So okay. they that they cannot collect money while the assembly is in session. So her attorney also had to issue a letter that everyone thank you for offering to you know, uh, give you know, Park Cannon money, but she cannot accept it while the assembly is still in session. But honestly she said at this point.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: and I honestly, um, I hope they don't drop the charges because that court case is going to be a hot mess.
2: And
0: if if the comps even show up, because everything that I've seen with, you know, some of the comps and and, and the cases, I I would be surprised if the comps even show up, if they really try to pursue that.
2: Yeah, if they they try to pursue it and they actually try to push charges, it's going to be a national spectacle and... It it's just going to be ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Now, um, I'm not sure if you guys know uh, Jen Jordan. She is a state sen she's my state senator, um, and she um is quite fierce. Um she's um been interviewed by a couple of you know national um news uh stations about what went down. But um the question was posed to her, why did Kemp and Republicans rush it through so fast? Um And this is a tactic that McConnell and Republicans have done in the past. They knew the longer they let this fester, the less popular it was going to be.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And everything that I've learned, and I'm not trying to be an expert in any of what went down, but everything that I've heard third party about how lobbying works and how these um, high-power lobbyists are all the connections – I, I do believe that the big wheels like Delta and Coke and SunTrust and all the they, they were at the State House. They were there talking to the people and, and, and trying to, you know, uh, do what they can. But um, when it came down to it and the Senate and the House, they passed it and they rushed it over for Kemp to sign it, all bets were off. I mean, the lobbyists, uh, they were done at that point. But honestly, what yeah. Delta did at first to actually try to, say and, and, and try to say that the bill was a good thing, they honestly should have shut their mouths. That was stupid, what Delta Airlines mm-hmm. did first. And now, of course, they backtracked and said that it's really
2: bad. I don't know what in the world
0: they were trying to do with that.
2: There's no telling. I'm, I'm sure that someone in the PR team made that statement, and then someone higher up went, yeah, no, that's not right. And so they they retracted that, um, but it was as you said too little, too late. If they had started pushing no a week sooner, then we probably wouldn't be having this issue. Yeah.
0: But going back and quoting Jen Jordan again, she said, "Okay." Georgia businesses, you couldn't get in front of this train, so you need to get behind it, and you need to make sure that all of your employees are now able to vote under this new law.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that is an example of another bit of her fierceness. She doesn't take any shit from anybody. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It's it's literally breaking news. Um, at, you know, day by day of how this is going to uh, to play out. There are three. Um, Cases uh, against the um the wall and and everybody is going back and forth, and even there i I'll, I'll go ahead and mention it that there is a parody out there the um the church of Jack Daniel. <laughs> so we, we are going to exercise our uh, freedom of religion to, um, you know, have an enjoy a Jack Daniels while we are standing in line to vote. Um, but, you know, that, that, you know, you can talk about the water thing all day long, but the, 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 more, the thing that really concerns me most is the takeover of not only the Secretary yeah. of State's office, but these county election offices. That's what's most concerning, if you go back and you look at when Kemp ran his own election for governor, I remember reading the press releases. Kemp, as Secretary of State, was blaming the local counties. He didn't take responsibility for anything. When, when all these irregularities were popping up, his office as of Secretary of State, not our problem, not our problem. It, it's, it's all the counties. You need to go talk to the different counties. Mm-hmm and now they have written into law that they can walk in and take over not only each county 159 counties we got here in Georgia but also they can just walk in and say hi secretary of state you've been relieved of your job we're taking over
2: yeah, with with no no trial no hearing they can just oh we don't like the way that this is going get out we're going to we're going to steal this and it, it, as you said, it, it's a long con. I mean, he re, he was Secretary of State and running for governor, and he didn't recuse himself from his position of Secretary of State. That right there was a a blatant uh, lack of ethics, and then the fact that voting machines were getting delivered with no power cords and all these other issues happening during that election and now we're talking about having the state legislation which typically is more conservative just be able to take over when and where they want. It's it's not even them trying to hide their tactics anymore.
0: So, will is, is Texas behaving right now? What's what's Texas doing?
1: Oh, um, I've I've not been paying attention. Um,
0: I feel like that they they've got to be up to something. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be all Georgia and Florida. <laughs> Let's
1: see. Um, yeah, I've I've not. I've not heard anything, uh, so, let's see, so the Texans, so the, of course, so, I guess the headline is, like, uh, the Texas legislature begins pursuing new voting restrictions, so of course, it's the Republicans, you don't have to guess whether it's Republicans or Democrats here, um, let's see, ah, wow, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, so it's 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 very in line with the stuff that happened in Georgia. So things like uh, uh, voters with disabilities will be required to prove that they can't make it to polls before they can get mail-in ballots, so they're <laughs> threatening the ability for people with disabilities to even be able to vote. Like, how do you just, like, it's, it's just so demeaning. Like, it's prove that you're disabled enough to qualify for mail-in ballots. Um, uh yeah, things like county election officials can't choose to keep polling places open later. Um, uh, drive-through voting outlawed. Just all these... Yeah, all, all all these things that make voting in populated areas uh, like easier, they're just going against even though there's absolutely no indication that these things uh, are in any way connected to voter fraud. It
2: wasn't... Uh... Austin and San Antonio and Dallas. Weren't all of those heavily Democrat this last election?
1: Uh, Yes, and then uh, I believe Houston as well.
2: Yeah, so of course they're going to make yeah the populated areas worse to vote in, and God forbid they go to the wrong precinct on accident.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Be- yeah, just ev- everything they can do to make it Harder for people to vote, especially the people they don't want to vote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like they're trying to rush it through with the same, uh, uh, like essentially the same strategy that Kemp, that Kemp did, where it's just the the more news cycles this gets, the less popular it'll be, and the Democrats are doing what are doing what they can do procedurally to de- to delay this legislation.
0: Yeah. Um, So here locally, for example, uh, Jen Slipikoff had posted yesterday, in Cobb County uh, here in Georgia, they are going to reduce the number of drop boxes for ballots because they, um, for, I I think David Ralston, the Speaker of the House here in Georgia, he put his his foot down and he said, no, we're not going to end this um, no-excuse absentee ballot the thing here in Georgia. So they actually left that in place. But the drop boxes that they put out for COVID, and there were sixteen here in Cobb County. They're gonna reduce that to five. And they're only accessible during business hours now.
1: Yeah, because people don't work during business hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just tell the person with two jobs that they need to take like part of their shift off like because they need to vote. and for that not to be legally protected for them to ask for that time off
2: well at at this point we should honestly make elections be federal holidays yeah Yeah. and and if we're if they want to push to where that it's only during office hours and it's only during the work week okay let's we can keep it that way, but every election, local and federal, will now be federal holidays, and you will pay every employee to have those days off.
0: Mm-hmm. Which goes back to what Jen Jordan said. Okay, businesses, if you couldn't stop these Republicans from doing this,
2: you, you got to let your employees be able to vote. So, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> she's a little bit more professional, where I'm just petty. <laughs>
0: Yeah. No. All right, what else guys? Anything else
2: you want to add into this episode? Uh that's
1: uh that's it for me.
2: Um I think limiting it to military veterans and mental health is good. Next time we can do police reform or mm. clean energy or something like that.
0: Yeah, as uh as we said, 400 <laughs> some odd days to the election.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Uh the you know that that we're already counting down. So uh yeah. All right guys, well, have a good week and uh talk to you guys soon.
2: Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.